0: God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Welcome to the Hour of Deliverance. <laughs> I'm Reverend Dr. K.E. Holmes. And you, I will always remind you, you are a person of excellence. And that's whether or not you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now. Because one of the things about God and his eternal purpose, uh, and ideal in that aspect of things about him he gives me to deal in that is things that are true and ordained in the Lamb the Lamb of God, Jesus the Lamb of God the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth you see what he called anointed and appointed and equipped you for and in was before you were even thought of, before you were even born and then when you were born so whether you're walking it or not you have a legacy you have a purpose, and your purpose has more to do with him than with you. And you're the one that has to live it. And when I say has to live it, one of the things about God with, with humanity that isn't necessarily true of everything that has breath and everything that has life is that God gives us to choose. Yeah. Now he doesn't leave us so that we're just going to make a bad choice. It's it's not like um, what is it? What is that thing? Rock paper scissors? It's not like that. No, 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 no. However, having made us in His image, he he wants us to know that we have extremely broad and godlike, because we're made in His in the image of God, authority. Now, one of the things that I like to mention to you is to know. When in creation, Elohim, God, if you're reading English, capital G, cap, uh, capital G, small O, small d, God is usually Elohim, almost always, Elohim. And one of the things that God reveals, since he's the one that's revealing himself, and that's whether you call it a name or a title or a position, because it is all of those, but if you have a doctrine that makes it only one of those or a certain combination of those, it's a, it's... I don't want to say it's okay, but it's it's not wrong, even if it's not complete. So, one of the things that God did is, when he was creating, as Elohim, everything is heaven and earth, heaven and earth, heaven and earth. However, when he switches to this generation of heaven and earth, and he's not talking about the generation like, I live in a specific generation that's different from my mother, my grandmother, and so on and so forth. No, he's talking, well, you want to get it the way he says it, not the way that uh, culture or language or nations have made it to mean, because that changes. This generation of earth and heaven, so now he it, the, it flips when it's about the authority that He gave us. Now, in creating, when He said He did, He made, and He saw, those are examples, like Jesus said, I only do what I saw the Father do. I only say what the Father said. Those are the examples He's letting us see how He does things and how He is God in authority and all of that type of thing. And, More than that type of thing. So that we then know for earth and heaven, how to rule, how to have authority. And rule doesn't mean you rule over, which we have New Testament scriptures, New Covenant scriptures, uh, which elucidate that, elucidate, yeah, which give that and say more about that. And in saying that, one of the things that I want you to know in case you don't already, you probably noticed it and maybe it didn't stand out like that, is that almost always, I mind when we preachers say all and always and there's only, almost always when God tells us something to do or not to do, it's because that is a very specific thing that we would do otherwise. Now, right now, without going there, because what I'm on today is the First Communion, Genesis 14. And I'm going to show you many wonderful things there, but I'm also going to show you some, like, what? No. Things there. So to give you the example of what I'm saying, uh, that God, when he gives a command and when when he tells us something... It is most often the something that we would get wrong left to ourselves. Remember he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, you know. And if you don't remember, you can look it up because uh, it's scripture. It's not just me telling you something. And I really want you to look these things up. I, I have wonderful testimonies it's an, of the glory of God and the magnificence of God. Some of it I might get to share with you today. I don't, I don't generally like to. I like to give you word. Because testimony, even when it is totally magnificent, is not, doesn't carry the authority of the written word. And one of the examples of the thing that I'm saying to you now is that almost always when God tells us something and when he commands something, that's the very thing where we're going to get it wrong if we don't know to hold to what he commands and to what he said. Now, an example from the New Covenant. Husbands, love your wives. No, men love their wives. Of course, there's a bunch that don't. But let's let's go with the, you know, the wonderful men. They love their wives. And men that love their wives, oh, they treat them so good and they do so wonderful. And they don't have a second thought about loving their wives. And he says to the women... To honor, and I'm not, Lord help me not to turn to it so I don't go theological on it right now. I'm just giving you an example that he tells the women to honor, to respect your husband. Now, take it, go with me here, just think with me. Women love much more easily and in more complex ways than men are known to. I'm not saying that men do. I'm saying that men are known to. Because men are more about. Honor and valor. And following the rules and things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see where I'm going, can't you? He doesn't have to tell women love your husbands. And it's not that he doesn't. That it's stronger to respect. To honor. Your husband. Because. We women don't move so well and naturally in respect and honor. So he has to tell us. And he told us. Oh, he told us nicely, but it's a command. It's not a request. It's not a question. It's not a suggestion. He doesn't have to tell us. Love. Look at the virtuous woman. I mean, she's just so responsible in so many ways. And, oh, and all of that is loving her husband. And I know most of us don't think about that. The way that she's such a good, the way I'd put it today is entrepreneur, because she takes care of the household, and not just the way that um, the world thinks of taking care of the household, because she has maidens and she has to do, she has to keep the books and all that kind of stuff. And not only on the business, that's part of her being a virtuous woman. And her, she does it so well that her works praise her in the gate. However, she does it so well that her husband is known in the gates. Now, that's not just because she brags on him. Well, anyway, getting back to husbands love your wives, and as Christ loved the church, so he gives this like magnanimous example. Because men are more about honor and provision and, and doing the right thing they don't have to be reminded and commanded. And I'm not saying that God doesn't. What I'm showing you is that there's more on love and loving in that way. Because the masculine is more about honor and following rules and or even knowing the rules. <laughs> Whereas the feminine, the love is all about this demonstration and doing and Provision in a totally different way. Than a male does. So you see God tells us. Commands us. And another example is. Choose ye to stay whom you will serve. And God tells. Oh he gives us the choice. However he says. Choose life. He doesn't leave us in the dark. As to what the right choice is. However. He most definitely gives us the choice. I have a um, yeah. Okay, so let's go to the first communion because I I want to demonstrate to us, and for those of you that don't know, uh, it's a principle in God's in with God in God's Word. It's taught in Sunday school and Bible school and Bible colleges. However, it's a principle that's taught from the Word of God that the first time God mentions a thing, the first time you see a thing in the scripture that is the core of it everywhere else you see it even though God may fulfill more, for example if the first thing you see is the cover of a book it doesn't mean that well, all what's in the book isn't true and part of it it is, it's part of it but the title gives you what all of the rest of the parts connect to And acquiesce to. So, and uh, God taught me that before he actually began to show me some things. Because one of the first things that he showed me about that, I thought, that can't be, that's terrible, that's awful. I mean, really terrible. And I'm not even going to go there right now, because I really want to get to Genesis 14, the first, Communion. Now, the first communion didn't happen the way that we're used to communion. I, I wanted to take communion online today. I didn't let you know to have it ready. And we're so used to taking communion the way that we follow it in New Testament scriptures, and, and that's fine, that's, that's fine. Except for that, uh, whether we use leaven or unleavened bread, we, as non-Hebrews, get really laxed about that depending on what denomination we are, because, well, I don't want to even say the because. We do see in Scripture where unleavened bread wasn't available, and it was more important to take the communion than the bread be unleavened. Does that do away with... A little leaven leavens the whole lump, because that's a warning, to let you know that the thing that you do, it goes into the whole thing that it's all about. And even where that that saying is in the scripture, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And I always remind you, that's King James, that E-T-H on the end of a word. I always remind you that when it's there, it's a part of speech that we don't have in English, that it lets you know it was and it is and it keeps on it keeps on that way. And that whole thing about the leaven, if somebody's a novice at cooking and they put the yeast or the thing that rises the bread, if they put it just in the middle and think it's just gonna stay in the middle, nah. It's in the middle, but it's going to spread out. And as you let that dough sit there, you're going to see that it spread there until finally you see that it made the whole lump rise, not just the point that you put it. Now, of course, if you're used to cooking, you know that you you mix it into the whole thing. However, God giving us that example is letting us know that uh, with our good intentions we do a thing and it spreads to the whole thing. And not the thing that's coming up, not the next thing you do or the next time you cook it up, (laughs) but it'll mess with the thing that already was. Okay? So, this first communion... While we almost always take communion from the New Covenant, there are some things that are in the First Communion that are also in the Last Supper, we like to call it. Some of you will remember that Jesus said, I won't drink this again until I drink it new with you in the kingdom.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
0: But that's a scripture that's what he said that's recorded at one of the the givings of the last supper in one of the gospels and I want to let you know that that pertains to this first communion Genesis 14 now I'm a theologian I don't mind However, I want to be able to get through this. I don't even mind if we stop early so that I don't bring so much in that it's too much because it's new to you. It's actually not new to you. It's in you, whether or not it's in your brain, in your thinking. But Genesis 14 And it came to pass, so that that lets you know that there's some other things that you want to have known and understood. Okay, kind of like uh, uh, I'm in the United States. George Washington was the first president of the United States. Well, that didn't just happen. Oh yes, it's a it happened, and it's a factual statement. It doesn't begin at the factual statement. So this here didn't just happen. And it didn't just begin at Genesis 14. Which so makes me want to take you back. However, theological me is going to try to behave. I said try. You know, I'm always telling you that trying means that that's not what you're doing. You're, You're not doing the actual thing. If You're just trying. However and it came to pass so it's connected to something and you do want to look in the Hebrew and see is the and in the Hebrew because it can be there in the English just to make the English flow where it's not in the actual Hebrew and when the and is in the actual Hebrew it is what the description that I give for our minds and the way we think is that it's a chain link while they're separate things they're not to be one without the other. That's when the and is in the Hebrew. So, uh, I usually study with my Hebrew Bible, but I don't bring it to the studio here. Maybe I should start doing that. No, 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 no. And it came to pass, in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariak, king of uh, Elisar. And Ketalaomer, King of Elam, and title King of Nations. And I know I hope it's different now, but from from most of my saved life, people of God skip the names and don't want to pay attention to the names. As if God didn't say all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All of it. Not just the not just you know, you don't just pull out uh, Genesis fourteen one because there's names there that you're not familiar with and barely know how to pronounce and don't even know what they're there for one of the things that they're there for is the name tells you what the kingdom is like or the purpose of that people what that is like the purpose of that king and kingdom and that's that's the name. And then when it gives the location, uh, that gives you the, the style. The uh, I that might make that clear clearer later. However, I want you to know that that's one of the reasons why you don't skip the names and recognize that, yeah, that's scripture. And it's given by inspiration of God. Not just that someone... For instance, someone like me who thinks that those details are important and they must be included. No, they're given by inspiration of God and they are profitable. Yeah, for doctrine and for correction and reproof. And here, look up the scripture because God says things in order. And that particular scripture about what the scripture is good for. Oh, that has its order that God does it. And each one of those things and someone, one pastor over here might be super excellent at one of those things or two of those things and someone over there might be super excellent at another of those things and it doesn't mean that any of it should be left out very like what I'm always mentioning of the seven churches in the book of Revelation, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church as Now, Jesus very particularly let each church know you want to hear him. And in the revelation that you know him, because I'm always reminding you that when you go read those seven churches, they each had a different revelation of Jesus Christ. And not one of them was incorrect in their revelation. And more than likely, each one thought their revelation was full and complete. And I'm always reminding us that there's a head to toe, to use an American or English expression, there's a head to toe description in Revelation chapter 1. And two of those churches have a revelation of Jesus Christ that isn't even from the first chapter. Jesus wasn't on their case about any of that. And of the ones that he rebuked, it wasn't about their revelation of him or that it's incomplete. However, at the end, and catch this, because we don't. We tend not to. It's Jesus talking. However, now he already taught us some other things in the Gospels about hearing him and when the spirit of truth has come. Jesus is talking in the book of Revelation. And the first chapter lets us know that it's what God the Father gave him. And then so on fir- to read the first, first verse, first few verses to know what I'm saying here. Jesus is talking to the churches. However, at the end of each one of what he's saying to those seven churches, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit and it saith, like was saying, is saying, and will be saying. Not just Jesus. Not just hear Jesus. That doesn't mean don't hear Jesus. He who has an ear. Our treasure just showed up. (laughs) I, I so miss Leah. She's a treasure and I want her. I really always want her here. As an example that we are a treasure to God. But how we are. We're his treasure and just how we are being his treasure with our insistence like right now she knows I so want her on the program however I want her to know and understand that when she decides that she's not going to sit here with me and she decides and I say down and I asked her earlier because she was here down and I want her to understand that when she decides down then she stays down And I'll see her when it's over, but I won't be picking her back up and forth. And that's the example that I want to us, that there are some things that when God provides for us to be right with him, but when we decide, when we make a different choice, he'll uphold our choice, even when it's not the choice that he would prefer. And that's part of why I want Leah here. Not only just because she's cute as a day is long, but because she is quite an example of us as God's treasure and how we are about what he's provided and what he's saying and what we think and what we want and how it should be. So, and we're that way about these names. Most of us like to pay these names no mind as if God didn't let us know That all scripture, it's given by his inspiration. And we skip them like, uh, like, like his word is a box of chocolates. That you pick and choose which one, what are your favorites and what do you like. And yes, I have favorite scripture. And you can too. However, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it might mess with you if I let you know some of the things that I know about these kings. So... That these made war with Bera, king of Sodom. Now, right away, we know some things about Sodom, so the alarm goes off in our spirit. (laughs) And with, uh, is that Birsha, King of Gomorrah. Oh my, Sodom, Gomorrah. So we kind of know what's coming because we know the scriptures about, you know, Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Huh. Which also, by the way, we totally ignore that Abram knew and if we didn't know it already, we know it from this. Abram knew how things were and uh, he still interceded for God to save the whole land. The whole land. Most of us now, today, If we know that there's a lot of something that God says no, nix, nay, not. We don't want it redeemed unless we're bringing them the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if there's judgment coming, we're not so ready to bring rescue. We're not so ready to provide material things or money for the rescue. Unless they've accept Jesus Christ first. Abram didn't intercede that way. He interceded on to God on his mercy. Okay, so here we are. That these made war Where did they go? With uh Bera king of Sodom and with uh Beersha king of Gomorrah uh, Shinab king of Adma, and Shem, uh, Shemaber, king of Zeboam, and the king of Bela, which is Zoar. Now remember, I told you what the name, one of the things, the name lets you know what that, that domain and the place lets you know how they operate. What in our day and time we would say what the government is like. And so these made war. Now mind you, this is in the Middle East. This is, this is I, I generally remind you on this, that Abram lives right here. And the kings that are fighting are right there, right there, right there, right there. They're all they're they're nearby. They're not way far away. And we know what human beings are like. The scripture doesn't give us historical accounting to give us history. And I'm not saying that it doesn't give us historical accounting. What I'm letting you know Is it because all scripture is given by inspiration of God for the things that he said that it's there for? There are historical things that are part of the story that aren't said because they don't give that provision. It's still true, like George Washington is definitely the first president of the United States. However, that's not scripture. That fact is not given by inspiration of God. For doctrine, correction, and reproof, and righteousness, and so on. It can inspire us on a lot of things. So to understand that these made war. And it says all these were joined together in the veil of Siddam, which is the Salt Sea. God is letting you know not only what it is to identify how things happen, but he lets you know where it is. And for us, modern day, you know, the salt season where everything just floats. <laughs> That's not why God's telling us. But that can come to mind. All these were joined together. Oh, I, I read that. Sorry. Verse 3. Go to 4. 12 years they served Ketaleomer. And in the 13th year they rebelled. And there's some totally interesting things about Ketaleomer in Scripture and also in history, and some of the things you want to know, just because it makes things in the scripture uh, the background, ah, that's why, that's how, that's what, or some of them actually could undermine your faith, and that's another reason why you want to know the scripture,
1: 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The
0: inspired word of God so that it'll instruct you in righteousness and not just in uh, charts and historical things and keeping of records. Because one thing man has done, God said it uh, early in Genesis how man's heart is evil continually. Man lies in historical record. And when we go back and look at historical record, and we treat it as if it's all true, because it's supposed to be. We're supposed to keep good records. Right now, of the ancient tombs, there's things where some of them are falling apart, and you're getting to see... That something was put on top to give a whole different record of that particular pharaoh than what we've been looking at for hundreds of years, over a thousand years, and now, in our day and time, we're seeing it and understanding. Uh, I'm from Philly. I remember, you know, King Tut. I mean, uh, King Tut's tomb. And then probably a decade later I, I, later we find out because the DNA of modern time it wasn't so much developed at that time when we discovered King Tut's tomb. Now because of where DNA is, and not only the now, because DNA in the last few years is way further than it was when we first understood DNA, that we looked at, at who was in King Tut's tomb and found out that wasn't even King Tut in there. Not at all. It was his... I I don't remember the title from scripture, but what we would call his first-hand man. The one who arranged everything. And what he arranged was he was the one buried in Tut's tomb. So, men lie in history. It doesn't mean you don't want to know the history. You want to know the Word of God so that you have the doctrine, correction in righteousness about the things. I just saw today uh, someone made a statement and someone who you want to listen to but made a statement that uh, when your enemy just um, doesn't take up for you when someone else is slandering you they're your enemy too. And that sounds like it makes sense. You see a lot of things that man comes up with that we mean well a little leaven leavens the whole lump we mean well and we put that leaven in there, and it just leavens the whole lump. And, and I'll let you know that while that sounds true and that sounds like it makes sense, and it would be truth, <laughs> the way Jesus is the truth, no. Uh, because Judas betrayed Jesus, and when he knew he was doing it, he called him friend. Jesus was still friend, whether Judas was or not. Peter denied him exactly the way Jesus told him he would. And what boggles my mind still, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. I'm a mother with, that my, my, my children are grown. I call them kids, but they are more than grown, more than grown. But I don't want anybody who would deny me and do it profusely. I don't want them feeding my babies anything. That's not how Jesus was with Peter. No. And, and he knew what Peter was going to do after that. He spread a rumor that the whole church was going to believe. Pardon me, the, you read it. You read it in the Gospels. But Jesus didn't make him out to be an enemy. Just because he was wrong, had been wrong, and wasn't finished being wrong. You see, you're anointed and appointed and equipped. You've been that way and that's what God did and you're not finished being all that. His love covers a multitude of sins. Even if you haven't dedicated yourself to him to have been washed of your sins and part of how those of us who don't like what I'm saying part of how you know that that's true is you'd have been dead before you even got a chance to receive Jesus Christ as your savior if he hadn't protected you before you got to the place of repentance He's merciful to you. You're an enemy to your own soul, and yes, you're an enemy to his kingdom. But how God treats his enemies? It's way different than we humans. Our thoughts aren't his thoughts. So here we go. Now all these were joined together, okay. And 12 years they served, and the 13th year they rebelled. Here again. For decades, more than decades, for generations, we use 13 as an unlucky number. Mo- most hotels don't have a 13th floor. They have one, but, you know, they, they it's not really going to be on the elevator. When Now that we're getting out of that um, superstition for many years, I just want you to know it doesn't come from the Word of God. 13 has a very significance of change and some good things in the scripture, not the superstition that we've made 13 is an unlucky number. Anyway, the 13th year they rebelled. And in the 14th year came Kedalaomer and the kings that were with him and smote the Rephaims in Ashtaroth, uh, Kirnim, and, and uh, Zuzims in Ham. And the Emims in Shaveth Kirinim. You know, you recognize some of these names. And you you might remember that when God makes his promise to Abraham and brings him into covenant, you know, that these people are going to be judged. They're going to be done away with. And they're going to be given. Everything that's theirs is going to be given to Abram or Abraham now he's Abram here if you didn't notice well we didn't read his name yet but you're going to see that this is before let me not get ahead of myself or get ahead of the scripture so and the yeah okay and the Horites in their Mount Seir and El Paran which is by the wilderness. And God's letting you know all of these things and and the geography of it all. The part that I'm letting you know about the geography is that they're right over there and right over there and right over there, all that fighting and warring. The way humans are, you know, good and well, they wanted Abram on their side. They wanted Abram to side with me. You side with me, and you side with me. Don't you see what's going on? And then some of them might have felt like the way kings who are full of their selves are. uh, Yeah, you stay right there. Because I'm coming after you next. Yeah, you stay right there. Uh Uh-huh. You need to stay out of it. These are human responses, whether it's kings or the average man as such. And they returned and came to, I I, want to go into these names with you, but I'm I'm not going to. I'm going to skip. I don't want to skip. I'm going to skip down though. I'll go back. In verse 11, And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all the victuals, and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, And his goods. And departed. Now one of the things that I let you know about these names. And why you don't want to just skip them. Is because when you know who's who and who's doing what. And how they operate and how they are. Abram might have responded the way we read in the scripture anyway. Uh, I mean the way he responded regardless. However. When you move in wisdom, you know things that you're not necessarily recognizing that you know. When you're moving in the immediacy, and I'm not talking about, like I call it God's indignation. Not, I'm not talking about moving from temper or temperament. I'm talking about moving from that purpose, as I told you, that's in the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, God's eternal purpose that he put in you so that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and I'm going to interrupt myself again to say that uh, I just heard a wonderful wonderful fabulous uh, man of God and teacher and pastor giving some things on the angel of the Lord and in it oh don't put the phone down or you'll go uh in it he began to uh, say some things and he was saying well this is the conclusion of the matter because this is what they thought uh, and so the scriptures telling us that I want you to know that while the scriptures will let us know what some people think like the book of Job in particular it's scripture but it doesn't make what they're saying true only if God backs it up and uh Abram he would have known these things from the standpoint of wisdom how wisdom was with God from the foundation of the earth before the earth was inhabited and he moved in the fear of Yahweh even though this wonderful pastor preacher teacher was saying he was showing how that God the word of God says Told Moses that he didn't reveal himself as Yahweh Lord with all capitals to Abram and and right now you have to go look and see if it says Abraham or Abram however that that pastor was going back and showing us who were listening to his teaching that um, the Lord said the Lord said the Lord said to Abram mm-hmm And he says, so that lets you know that Abram knew the Lord. I want you to understand that what God told Moses, I didn't reveal myself to Abram as Yahweh. And I always let you know the first time God gave the name, what we some call Jehovah and some whatever, uh, Yahweh, Lord with all capitals, it was the compound, Yahweh Elohim, because he'd already shown and demonstrated what he wanted us, the first things, the first things that he wanted us to understand about Elohim, God, 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 God said, and then he interrupts himself and he says, Ruach Elohim, or spirit of Elohim, and and there he gives a whole different dimension, already God is spirit, and spirit, you can't touch see, and, and this and that, and then he says spirit of Elohim, that's a whole other realm, depth and dimension, and and then the part that that he gives about that is that he hovered over the face of the waters. I used to say the face of the deep, mistakenly, or having mismemorized. That's why you want to go back and read, even when you have memorized, and you want to say what he said. And that point gets that that aspect of understanding is very much here. All this stuff is going on, and God is doing what He's doing, and in this case, Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. God of covenant. How Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you even to the uttermost parts of the earth. And uh, you want to understand that he's God of covenant. Whether you know the covenant or not. Whether it's pre-covenant, pre-law, pre-Levitical. Or even in this case. In some things that Abram doesn't even know. And doesn't understand. And mind you, Kedalaomer had already given an entire history of understanding, kind of like Solomon did later. Oh, Kedalaomer had done that in the earth, and he left his, he was making his historical mark. Everybody that writes a book doesn't write a bestseller, and not because of their skill. God gives people to listen And thousands will listen. Somebody was asking me the other day about my son. If he sings in front of one person, it ministers to you and it does so much to you. And right now you can go to his his Facebook and he'll show you, in the clip you get to see that he's ministering to an audience of tens of thousands. And some of you don't even want to call it ministry ministry. Because it's a secular group that he's singing with.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
0: The whole audience is taken up. Everybody doesn't have that. You can have uh, people come to um, an event where every vendor is out, and there'll be a vendor or two where everybody seems to go there, and then some, where a lot, go there, and then some, when, like, almost nobody. There's an anointing upon that person or that business that God wants people. He's given you something that He wants people to have. And it may or may not be your specific thing. However, one of the things, like giving using my son as, as an example, one of the things is that it will cause you to move in the magnificence of His love, even if you haven't given over to the love of Jesus Christ. So that you see how that people want to connect in vows and connect in honor and not just uh, hormones or flesh. That when he gives something, what God gives him, whether it's in the body of Christ or whether it's in the world, it causes people to want to move in things that are true and relationships that are connected. And not only that, but want to further it, not just establish it and that's it and done kind of like <laughs> I remember uh, I always heard about this for World War One, World War II as a little, little girl but I remember seeing it with Vietnam that all of a sudden everybody, uh, people wanted to get married and all of a sudden people who wouldn't fornicate were fornicating and uh, young ladies were getting pregnant and all that because all of a sudden with war it makes you want to establish a thing and you want to establish it for good yes you do and and so in your mind, you, see, you make it good, you make it good. I want you to see that what God revealed when he said, In the beginning Elohim, then he interrupts himself to give you spirit of Elohim and shows you that he doesn't have to stop everything and get involved. That pertains right here, that all of these kings... They're fighting, they're making war, and these others rebelled, and all of this stuff is happening. And the Spirit of God doesn't have to get all involved, hovered over the face of the waters, while 34 more times, God said, God did, God said, God made. He continues creating. And later in... in Proverbs we get to see where wisdom Says oh no I was there Before God even started that Stuff I want you to understand You move the fear of the Lord Is the beginning of wisdom just the beginning Not the whole thing That His wisdom Whether you understand it whether you figured it out Or not Wisdom will have you move In things that are correct and things That agree with God's eternal Purpose and that's whether you understand it that way or not. And so all of this stuff is going on and it's happening. However, remember Jesus said, I'm not drinking this in, in one of the Last Suppers accounts in the Gospels. I won't drink this with you again till I drink it new in the kingdom. It has to do with this right here. They took all the goods, 11, of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. See, when you understand what the names and who are there, you automatically have an understanding, even if you don't know it till it's over and you're looking back and realize that you knew this or you operated. But you get to know that some of these kings... They're the type that they take a people and they'll put them in, I'm going to say this this way, because that's the way we understand things in our day, and they'll put them in a prison camp and they'll feed them, you know, because until the wars are over, until they figure out what they're going to do, that they captured all these people. Whereas there's other kings that they automatically kill everybody, rape all the women, and if anybody's pregnant that they and the child has to die. So that when you know the names and you know where they're from, you know who they are and how they operate. So that if if this particular king came you might need to ask God, "Do I need to go kill everybody and everything?" Or when you ask God what and he says, "Kill everybody and everything." you know to obey without hesitation or as what happened here with Abram 12 and they took Lot Abram's brother's son who dwelt in Sodom, and all his goods and departed they took everything they took everything and there came one that had escaped reminds me of Job and Job is older okay I mean, I mean, that time had already occurred, and there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew. Okay, watch this. He's a Hebrew. He's a Hebrew here. For he dwelt in the plains of Mamre, the Amorite. For he dwelt in the plains of Mamre, the Amorite brother Escol, the brother of Escol. And brother of Anar, and these were confederate joined with Abram. Notice we're not saying Abraham, and yet he says the Hebrew. Oh, I still want to go there. And when Abram heard that this that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, three hundred and eighteen. And pursued them unto Dan. He didn't have to all of a sudden have a training camp and train them. They were already trained. Why were they already trained? Because of the area that he lives around or whatever. It could have been all of that. And I want you to see some things here. Because Abram, he divided himself against them. And his servants by night and smote them. And pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. See, these names are in there for us to know some things. And for us to understand some things that God said to Abram. And for us to understand, he was confederate. When you look up the names of some of these guys, some junk went on that was similar to Sodom and Gomorrah, but not quite that far kind of like um, when I was a teenager, and we loved uh, Basil Rathbone, actor, and we knew that he was homosexual, but we loved him as an actor, so we accepted it. And the homosexual of the day when I was a teenager was a different type of the homosexual that is today. They were more feminine. And if I use the words that we used, it would be a total insult uh, to you right now in the day now that I'm an older woman. However, if you notice in scripture, there's those softer homosexuals who are more feminine, and then there's those militant homosexuals who will take over, take over the government, take over the military, and, and command and demand of you, or they'll kill you. Okay. And you get to know this, and you get to know this in the word of God. And each aren't handled the same way. But you don't give permission And yet, two of these kings were the uh, (laughs) sweet, if you want to call it that. I don't, but I, 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 I want to get to this. There's some of who Abram was confederate with to go get his brother. He didn't stop him. He was going, moving in the wisdom of God. Kind of like automatically. Nix, nay, no, uh uh-uh. No, no, no way, no how. Now, in the new covenant we see that. You and all your house will be born again. You and all your house will come. And I don't know why we don't relate it to. When God. When God covered all of the. Hebrews in Egypt, the first Passover. Yeah, but anyway, back to this, because time's almost up. And I really want us to see this in the word. I'm giving you the background so that it's not just me saying it. You look at it in the word. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, not by accident, Jerusalem. Salem, look at it on the map and you'll get it. Brought forth bread and wine. I think I skipped something. I'm going to go back uh, to 15. And he divided, Genesis 14:15, And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. I would read that. And he brought back all the goods. See, we have testimony of that in the New Covenant. We have testimony of that in, in each part of the covenant, whether it's Levitical or the New Covenant, because this is a way with God that he wants to work in and through us. That it's we who do it, not looking for God to do it. Yes, God is able, but there's something, some victory that he has given us to do. And so the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return and from the slaughter of Ketilaomer. Remember, Ketilaomer was already a very big deal uh, in the world and, and in history, that it stayed in history. And the kings of the valley were with him of the valley of Sabbath, which was at the King's Dale and watch this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him, that is Abram, and, blessed, uh, and said, here's what he said, blessed be Abram, not Abraham, blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and he blessed the Most High God, which hath... Pardon me, and blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he, that's Abram, gave tithes of all. Who knew anything about tithe? This isn't Levitical. Levites not even born yet. Oh, pardon me, that you might go and see that, but the Levitical priesthood isn't even here yet. And the king of Sodom said unto him, said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to yourself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, and you got to know this. I have lift, I have lifted up mine hand unto Yahweh, unto the Lord, the Most High God. Now he's repeating what the what the priest of the Most High gave him a revelation. The possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even a to a shoe And that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say I have made Abram rich. Abram believed his promise. We know that when he was to dedicate his son, he believed the promise of God of the generations that were coming after him. So that he knew this, this, whatever whatever death, he believed God. And he understood that his his promise and his blessing comes from God. Not people who walk a couple of different ways. It's going to change over time and get worse and worse and something that at first we approved because we thought you were nice and sweet. And then later, uh-uh, no. He says, now, I'm not going to be unrighteous. Save only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went went with me to Aner, Escol, and Mamre, and let them have their portion. You don't not pay people just because you're ugly. (laughs) Ugly in your way and ugly in your purpose and ugly in your domain. No, you don't not pay people that work for you. However, what I want you to understand here is Melchizedek, blessed Abram, gave him... Gave him a revelation of God that he hadn't had before. And when Jesus says, I won't drink it new with you, this wine, till I drink it new with you in the kingdom, it's when those of us who have taken his name and his blood and have been raised up, we don't lose any. We bring back all. And he'll drink that wine new with us, the bread. And the wine, like the first communion with milk is day.